That one flies off the tongue. The right of the left edge. Line <laughs> <laughs> it up to the damn kick, son. Oh, all right. Uh, we'll figure right, it out. We'll figure it out. Brandon, hit right. us with the intro. All right. Y'all ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll all count right. you in in three, two, one. All right. Welcome back, fellas, to the best sports pod out there. On behalf of our team, I'd like to start by saying you're welcome. Like, comment, follow, subscribe, all that listed below. I'm Brandon. Got my man Tank on the ones and twos. Former Mercer defensive end, wiser in the building. And then if you need any sweet tea in the Birmingham area, Peyton's got you. (laughs) I'm I'm fired up, fellas. Week one of college football. Uh, I guess we can start by giving a week zero review. Anybody want to kick us off? It feels like Christmas Eve. It does. It does. I'm excited. I'm excited. Week zero was not uh, was a nice little appetizer, but it was nothing nothing crazy happened. I guess. What were y'all What were y'all's thoughts? No, people got fired up about Hawaii. Um, kind of upset Ohio's quarterback got hurt because I feel like they would have won that game. But um, who was it? UTEP had some just in unbelievable play calling that really blew that game for him. Um, but no, pretty, I mean, you know, it was like you said, it was like an appetizer. It wasn't even a good appetizer. It was like a it's like fried below pepper. average buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. Something like that. Obviously, Cold buffalo chicken dip. Obviously, the, the thing that stuck out to me was uh, Notre Dame's quarterback, Sam Hartman, in this first game at Notre Dame. Um, I don't, I mean, they were just playing Navy, so let's not pretend like they're world beaters now for blowing them out, but. I, he had a really impressive performance to me, and I thought that was a, a, a telltale sign that they could potentially uh, be competitors throughout the season. Look, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame kind of impressed me. Sam Hartman, I mean, went 19 of 23, 251 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was efficient. He controlled the game, and it really seemed like throughout the whole game that Notre Dame had complete control. Uh they weren't down a single time in the game and uh, they could run the ball at ease. Um, but I agree with you, Peyton. Uh, Sam, Sam Harden was, was extremely impressive to me in that game. Uh, I'd like to touch on uh, Jacksonville state as well. Um, Wiser kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, Jacksonville state gets their first win Uh joining conference usa this year first division one win as a team in conference usa um but i would honestly like to hear kind of y'all's best and worst of uh of this weekend well i will say it was nice to see hawaii not just roll over this time against vanderbilt i feel like that's you know maybe a little bit of confidence there i feel like the game was never as close as the final score but they didn't really go away and make it easy on vandy so but vanderbilt looked like vanderbilt um i'm very disappointed in usc as far as how they look defensively and they let they let san jose state hang around way too long in that game those were really my big takeaways apart from notre dame 
Yeah, yeah was, well, it looks like it was. Uh, no, go ahead, good. Sorry. Um, yes, I mean, it's hard not to have a pro about Sam Hartman. Um, some people are, you know, hyping up a little too much. His Heisman odds shot up, but, you know, he was like the only kind of contender that actually played other than Caleb Williams. So he was very impressive. Um, take it with a grain of salt because it was Navy. But um, <clears throat> disappointing was. I guess Ohio, I mean, like, that backup quarterback was atrocious, and it, it just – their quarterback, I can't remember his name. Um, he's a study towards ACL last year, and I guess the coaches just wanted to keep it, you know, be cautious with him, but he wanted to play. And I guess it was one of those scenarios where this game really doesn't mean much to him. They just want to win a conference title. You'll see that a lot with teams who just know they can't win a national title. They just want to, you know, gear up for conference play. Yeah, Curtis Rourke, well, I think was the name that you're looking for. Um, yeah, that's it. Yes, circling back on how atrocious their backup quarterback was, he was 18 of 41, one touchdown, three interceptions. That was a uh, 44% completion rate. Gosh. And uh, the interceptions, I mean, they were they were bad. Um, he uh, He really, I think, held that team down. That was pretty disappointing for me because I took Ohio in that game. And um, I, I really do, like you said earlier, I think that they probably would have won that game had they had uh, Curtis Schwartz back there. I think he had a pretty yeah. impressive year last year. But Yeah, absolutely. That was a, that was a tough blow for them. Uh, Brandon had talked about it, but I was also kind of not impressed with USC. Um Meanwhile, ESPN just posting stuff left and right. But uh, if you're not casual and you actually watch the the game, US defense, USC defense did not impress me whatsoever. This is a team that was supposed to – they were hyping them up all offseason that uh, bouncing off of last year that this defense is supposed to be something special. It's supposed to be good. They brought in a lot of guys. They had a lot of guys in the last class. Uh that were supposed to step up this year and, and be leaders on that defense, but they kind of got gashed. I mean, I, you look at the 200 rushing yards, 200 rushing yards against San Jose state. And then their San Jose state's uh, quarterback, Javon Cordero uh, threw for 198 yards, three touchdowns. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the outlook is for USC. I mean, we kind of take it with a grain of salt, obviously, because um, things can kind of change week to week. But, yeah, I mean, that, that defense kind of concerns me going forward. And uh, I, I really think it's going to be a problem, guys. Honestly, do. Yeah. I mean, people – the way people talk about USC, like they're supposed to win the Pac-12. Like, that did not I, – I mean, things can change just week one. I mean, but I'm not – I'm not going to be impressed by USC with a four touchdown win. Like Caleb Williams was Caleb Williams, but you can't give up 28 to San Jose state at home. Like that, that was bad. And, but I will give San Jose state some credit. That was a very balanced. All would they go 198 on the ground, 198 through the air. Yeah. They're very exactly. balanced, but like it's concerning was, San Jose state can do that. Yeah. Cause they're going to play some offenses that are a lot better than San Jose state. And I don't know. That's uh they they have some work to do after week one, that's for sure. 
I, I think from I mean, a betting standpoint, you look for the the over in a lot of games that USC is going to play in because you know they're going to give up a lot of points, but you also know that they have Caleb Williams and Branch on the offensive side, and these guys can score will. I mean, yeah, they kind of they 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 struggled a little bit offensively, but after the first quarter, they they really stepped it up, and uh, I do think this offense is is going to finish top 10 top five in the country this year so that's something to keep an eye on yeah i mean just looking at their schedule they've got washington and oregon uh back to back in two of the last three weeks of the season so i mean as it sits right now you you can't think there's a number high enough that vegas can set on that probably sitting in the 70s when it gets there yeah that is good for usc though they got some time to I guess work out some of the kinks defensively, but yeah, that's good. Sure. Sure. Um, all right. Anything else from week zero you guys want to talk about? Any other takeaways? How about uh, yeah, I mean, into week one? Real quick, I was going to touch on uh, my wor- my worst of the weekend was uh, Vandy's scoreboard. Uh, being held up by two cranes and in the end zone, not even close to finish. I mean, <laughs> this, team, this team, this team is a, like you look at Vandy and it's just kind of a, it's a joke that they're in that the SEC sometimes, especially in football. They're competitive in other sports sometimes, uh, baseball sp- uh, specifically. But yeah, that was uh, that was something else. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, they they definitely look like the government-funded SEC team. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get a chance to, to see it on live TV, but I imagine they probably in the broadcast tried to sh- stay away from it. But I did see a tweet a couple days before the game that was a picture of their end zone. And, I mean, it, it looked like they had just torn it down yesterday. I mean, it was not even – they hadn't even made any progress all season. It was like – Jeez. All right. What about uh, y'all want to get into? Was that your worst performance of the week, Thankster? Was the Vandy uh, scoreboard, or do you have a uh, <laughs> do you have a uh, actual individual performance from this week that was uh, that was rough to watch? Uh, yeah. I mean, that was that was about it. Uh, for uh, you know, I I saw a lot of good out of Week Zero. I mean, it really got me hyped up for for college football this year. Um, a little disappointed in Navy. I thought they would put up a little bit better fight. Um, I know the spread was a lot, but I uh, I thought they were going to do a little bit better than they, they did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's definitely my worst of the weekend is Vandy's scoreboard. That's disappointing. <laughs> what about for you, Wiser? Um. No, I mean, I was just looking to see if there was anything I could take from the clock, you know, the rule changes with the clock. And I think that's still TBD. Um, I mean, I think that over and unders were four to four, three or four and four, pretty even, at least split. Um, I I know Vegas bakes that into the line, but um, I think we'll see where it really comes into effect is with those slow paced teams. I, I thought we were going to see it with Navy, but they actually ran tempo, which was kind of crazy um, coming from Navy. But I think you're going to see like with these changes, if you're, if you're a you know coach and you know that you're, you're an underdog 
I'm not even talking about point spread. You just know that, you know, the other team's better than you. There's no reason why you shouldn't be snapping the ball with one second left on the play clock to shorten the game, make it as short as possible, and just limit possessions um, for the other team. So we'll see how it changes with these teams that are slow-paced because we really haven't seen one yet um, as far as tempo goes. Um, I will say before we uh, before we move into week one, I would like to, <laughs> to share this performance with you guys and see what y'all think about it. Uh, Indiana State opened up their season against Eastern Illinois in week zero. They got beat twenty seven to nothing at home, and these <laughs> are the box scores for these quarterbacks. Starting quarterback is Gavin Screws, who went thirteen of twenty four. 116 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, 78.1 QBR. Now, that's a rough day for any quarterback. Yeah, I guess could have played worse, could have played better, but definitely not good. They had another quarterback that took the field in this game. His name was Evan, I guess, Olise or Olace. He went 0 for 2 with zero yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, and a minus 200 QBR. <laughs> minus 200. That has to be a record. It's got to be the worst I've ever seen. That's incredible. <laughs> That's a great day. So, Indiana State QB room has their uh, their hands full moving forward. They do. <laughs> it, is, right. uh, it is week zero. You never know. Eastern Illinois could just really have a great defense. They could. They could. I did not watch that game, but <laughs> I had to look into it after uh, after clicking on that box score. That was bad. But uh, you week- boys ready to go ahead, Wiser? I was going to say week zero was kind of a tease for this week. I mean, it kind of kind of got us hyped up. Um, gave us a little taste, you know, uh, for what's to come. But yeah, I was I was going to transition into week. One and uh, why don't we start with uh, the game that happened last night, uh, Utah and Florida? Let me get y'all's thoughts on uh, on this game and uh, and see what y'all th- what y'all thought of that. Y'all take um, it away. Yeah, I, I I didn't really have any takeaways on the Utah side. Utah is what they are. It was hard to see <clears throat> what they're really going to be without Cam rising. Um, all my takeaways from Florida side, and they're just so undisciplined. I don't think Billy Napier is going to make it through this year, to be honest. I mean, the road ahead, you see who they have to play. Um, I mean, you know, just the two things with uncoached teams is just, you know, not executing just basic stuff and not tackling. And that was evident. And all the penalties. I mean, didn't they have a guy that, you know, didn't they have two number threes on a punt return? Yeah, like it was fourth down and got got, kept the drive alive. And I'm pretty sure Utah scored on that. But that's just that. They did. Like false starts are one thing in, in, in a hostile environment with that crowd. But that's just inexcusable. That's all coaching. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and Grant Marsh didn't look bad when he was protected. Like, I, I thought he was going to be terrible, but he wasn't bad. It's just, man, that, yeah, it might be tough sledding for Florida this year. Especially if you can't run the ball against Utah. Utah's got an impressive defensive line and, and front seven, but come on, they're in the Pac-12. You're an SEC team. You're, I mean, you're you're supposed to win the battle in the trenches uh, as an SEC team against any other uh, Power Five team. 
and they they did not look good, guys. I mean, you you said that Graham Mertz, you know, he didn't look bad, and totally the guy threw for 333 yards. Um, <coughs> if you look at the other side, they had 13 rushing yards. Uh, not a very good performance for uh, a Florida Gator team. Um, the other thing that hurt them, one for 13 on third down conversions. I mean, it just felt like the time of possession was just completely flipped. Like Utah just seemed to control the game, and they didn't have Cam Rising, and they and they still put on an impressive uh, performance. But from my point of view, I don't know if that is a bad, a worse look for the Gators or if Utah is actually that good. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't know. And you talked about them being undisciplined, uh, nine penalties for 50 yards. And then uh, speaking of that offensive line, uh, they gave up five sacks. So I'm I'm really worried about uh, Billy Napier's tenure because um, I, I thought he would be – I thought that Billy Napier was like a, a good hire for them. Um but yeah, I, moving forward, I don't, I don't know about this Florida Gator team, guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, you said one for thirteen on third down. I thought both teams were terrible on third down in this game, but I guess Utah has the excuse of not having Cam Rising, so it's not as, it's not as big of a deal for them. I thought apart, apart from the penalties in the O line, which stood out, because I think, I think that. Florida got off the field on third down multiple times and, and cost themselves 10 points because of penalties. But Florida's special teams was terrible in this game. I mean, the first field goal of the game, I'm 90% sure that the kicker kicked the ground before he kicked the ball when he missed <laughs> that field goal. Like, it, it was it was bad. He, and that was, that was what, like a 26-yarder or something? And then a couple drives later, they shanked the punt and give Utah the ball on the 47-yard line. And then, uh, and then they filled the punt inside the five yard line later in the game. So I just thought I thought the special I, Florida was just bad all the way around. They were out coached. I, I mean, yeah, that's what that's what it looks like. I mean, Kyle Whittingham just out coached Billy Napier straight up. I mean, I, I, Florida obviously has talent, um, but I mean Utah, they're just a disciplined team, and they they showed that last night. Yeah. And Utah, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to uh, Barnes and, and Nate Johnson because that was a very, very clean game that Utah played last night. Like, neither one of them are Cam Rising, but, I mean, zero turnovers last night. Like, that that was very efficient. And giving them two different looks, they both ran for a touchdown. Barnes had one through the air. That was just like – it felt like Utah was in control of that game from start to finish. I mean – Obviously, the big play with a 70-yard touchdown, but once they like they were in control from that point forward, like and it was never, it never felt like they were going to lose that. And I don't know, I, I, Florida in the red zone, they had three straight trips at one point, resulting in three points. Um, I, and I'm I'm looking ahead at Florida's schedule, and Florida fans need to really prepare themselves for this season because it's very possible that they only win four games. And that sounds like an overreaction to week zero, to week one, 
Thursday night game, but it's I mean, I won't be surprised if they don't if they don't get five wins. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah, they don't have an easy schedule. And I mean you're gonna you're gonna be looking at a lot of different stuff playing in the SEC as far as what guys are gonna throw at your offensive line. Uh I mean there are a couple games where I could just see them beating somebody better than them. But other than I mean what they have I forgot their schedule. They have McNeese State, Vandy, and then one other game that's a gimme. And that puts them at three, and then I'm banking on them beating somebody who I think is better than them to get to four. So they're not making a bowl game this year. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, look at the East. I mean, uh, Tennessee, Georgia, obviously, South Carolina. Uh, I think Missouri's going to do better than them this year. Um, yeah, I just – I, I don't know. I don't think looking at the schedule as well. I don't I don't know if they're going to make a game. Uh, lose Tennessee, beat Charlotte, probably lose to Kentucky. Vandy win, South Carolina loss, Georgia loss, play Arkansas, Arkansas loss, LSU loss, Missouri. Maybe throw that yeah, potentially, uh, and then Florida State probably a loss. Yeah. yeah, it's not looking good for the Gators. No, Gators or Billy Napier. This is uh, definitely not a good sign. Uh, did anybody catch any of the uh, Minnesota game last night? Uh, did not. I, was, I, watched, I watched my highlights, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I take that back. I, I saw the last probably two minutes. <clears throat> Pretty incredible uh-huh. catch that got made to tie the game up. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to see a lot of it, but it's just every season you hear Nebraska is like about to make the jump back to the next level, and it just always ends with them losing by three to seven points. I saw a graphic earlier that was uh, Nebraska's last like I think twenty six games that were one possession games. And in almost all of them, they had a chance to tie and go up and didn't score at all. <laughs> and, and either tied or one possession games. Gosh. Yeah, they, they lose so many one possession games. And like you said, that you always hear, oh, they're going to, this is the year, this is the year. Well, I do think Matt Rule is a good hire. Um, yeah, I mean, Nebraska, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's an interesting situation over there. Um, credit credit to PJ Fleck over there. Um, maybe this is Minnesota's year. I don't know. He's been there what four, three years now. So yeah, Nebraska is a uh, interesting story. Well, they yeah. they showed it several times. Um, Matt Rule in the last two college football programs, he's taken over. I think uh, the Temple, he won two or three games the first year, and next year won 11 games. Same thing at Baylor. He won one game his first year and uh, won 11 games the year following. So Next year's the year is what you're saying. (laughs) Don't count it out. Give the man a little time. Uh, All right, looking into into week one, 
we obviously know that LSU Florida State's the biggest game. The I think South Carolina UNC is obviously going to be a close one. Um, what uh, what uh, betting lines are y'all looking at this week? What games interest y'all that maybe uh, maybe Vegas doesn't think it's going to be very close, but you're interested in the matchup? Um, anything oh, uh, you're looking forward to? I'll kick us off with a game here to start out with, and this is probably the reverse order. I would imagine this is a late game. I haven't looked at the kick time yet. But um, UCLA and Coastal Carolina. UCLA is a 16-point favorite right now. Um, and, you know, I know they're going to score a lot of points. They always do, Chip Kelly. Um, but, you know, I think they'll probably give up some points too. And uh, you got Grayson McCall on the other side. I don't know how many years he's been in college. It feels like 10 years, but he's he's, he's a great quarterback. Uh, coming off a season where he threw for 2,700 yards, completed 70% of his passes with 24 touchdowns and just two interceptions. Um, you know, they have a lot of firepower, and I just I think they'll probably be closer than a, a two-possession game. And um, as it happens, the uh, the sp- betting splits that I looked at has uh, Coastal getting 80% of the money and only 40% of the bets. So that's a, a a good that's a good look for the uh, Chanticleers, I think. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's only only week one, but yeah. Grayson McCall is is very old. It feels like I, I, I'm still I'm still waiting to see Stetson Bennett start tomorrow. For Georgia <laughs> Some might refer to him as the Perry Ellis of college football now. <laughs> I uh, I'm excited to see uh, some Colorado and TCU. Um, when I want to see TCU, and I kind of want to see how they pick up from last year after losing in the national championship game to Georgia. And I kind of want to see how they bounce back without Max Duggan and Quentin Johnson. Uh, And then on the other side, I want to see Colorado. I think a lot of people are interested in Colorado this year. What are they going to bring to the table with Deion Sanders and, uh, and how they're going to do this year. And uh, that is the most eye appealing game for me this weekend. Uh, I'll probably stay away from that line. Um, I just, yeah, that 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 line's kind of weird to me. Uh, a lot of people think Colorado can cover that. Uh, personally, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of hype around Colorado this this season. Uh, but I just don't know if they have the the players, honestly. Um. It's going that that game's gonna be really interesting to see if Colorado can uh, can cover the spread. Uh, I don't know. What do y'all think about that game? I, I'm not. I mean, I'm willing to give Coach Prime a little bit of uh, time to get it figured out at Colorado and really establish an, a recruiting base. But they are not there yet. You don't you don't fix that program overnight. And I think it's gonna be a bloodbath. Like. The only the only thing stopping me from taking that line is that it's at twenty and a half. And it just feels like an easy TCU's just gotta win by three touchdowns. Like and it's just like making me hesitate. But I mean my my objective opinion looking at that game is that TCU's gonna is gonna be bad. And I don't I mean, I also think the recruiting is different at this level. Like it's 
it's definitely different coming from Jackson State and getting like two big prospects and everyone freaking out and being like, look at this guy being this great recruiter, which he is. Guys want to play for him. But it's different when you got to recruit it. Like you're not going to make waves until you recruit at every single position in Division One college football. And, and maybe that's that's probably not the expectation for Colorado fans because they're not really used to being some like household name, I guess. But I don't I, – I definitely think that's going to take some time for Colorado to get that turned around over there. Yeah, I mean, just me looking at it, I mean, it feels like a sucker bet, but I, I do like TCU to cover. Um, I mean, I think um, people are really expecting a big drop-off from them. but And, you know, it's certainly not out of the question from a season-long perspective, but – opening the season against Colorado with a brand new roster. I mean, they literally flipped their roster completely. Damn near started with zero players and went from there. And I don't think that uh, you build chemistry like that and learning the um, scheme and all that stuff. And I just I think um, it's going to take more than just a, a couple talented players that he took from JSU coming with him to contend with uh, TCU and their firepower. And, and one quick note, um, everybody thinks it's going to be a big drop-off at the quarterback position, but Chandler Morris, who is the starting quarterback now, was actually the starting quarterback for TCU last year before he got hurt, and Max Duggan jumped in. So, I mean, this isn't just some no-name guy that, uh, you know, just happens to be the guy there. I mean, he, he beat out Max Duggan last year in their camp. So, you know, I wouldn't expect just a, a major drop-off at the quarterback position. Yeah, uh, didn't didn't Coach Prime tell the whole like Colorado football team to to transfer? <laughs> I don't even yeah, know. Basically, field basically, like get your ass out of here. I'm bringing in like 50 players. So I'm gonna bring in Jackson State's football team. You guys yeah. need to transfer. They, <laughs> like, what the hell are we doing? They added 51 transfers. Mm. Most in college football. I hope his son plays like shit and he's forced to bench him. I mean, (laughs) you're bringing or see if he does bench him. I mean, he looked like a superstar at fucking Jackson State. Like, I mean, how's this guy going to look in D1 football? Like, that's my question. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm with you. I don't. I think give him time. This obviously isn't the year, but people are just overhyping Colorado this year and. Uh, they just need to give it time. Be patient. TCU also cherry-picked some players off of uh, Alabama squad. They brought in JoJo Earl, Trey Sanders, and Tommy Brockmire. I like JoJo Earl for them, actually. Yeah, I like JoJo Earl, and I think Brockmire uh, is a big pickup um, for them. Uh, that was a big – both of the Brockmire twins were a big get for Alabama when they were coming out of high school um because they picked him out of texas but yeah i mean i think i think uh tcu is going to be pretty impressive this year they're going to surprise a lot of people um i really do like sonny dykes as a coach um and specifically on the tcu colorado game i uh i don't think uh sonny dykes is going to hesitate to run up the score on uh on prom uh i think you're gonna see that in a lot of games this year uh just because i i i feel like all these teams 
um, feel kind of disrespected, uh, and they just don't like Deion Sanders' philosophy. Um, so I think you'll try to see a lot of that this year. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, I feel I like because I, I mean, imagine being a team that's coming off a good like an eight-win season. You know, you're establishing a good program, and then you have, or in TCU's case, a freaking national championship. And you got Colorado who have one win and is one of the more talked about programs in the country. Oh, yeah. You don't think they use that as motivation? They 100% do. They they have shit posted up on their lockers and everything, so they'll be ready to go. Absolutely. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Just interested to hear y'all's thoughts. Uh, so Alabama and Auburn now both have a starting quarterback named. Whether it'll stay that way or not is a whole other thing, and whether we'll see two quarterbacks is another question. But Jalen Milrow and Peyton Thorne, how do you guys feel about that for both teams? Well, I don't know a lot about uh, Jalen Milrow outside of what we saw you know, last year, I know he's uh, basically just a, a copy-and-paste version of what Jalen Hurts was. I know that he's real strong, and I always see videos of him in the weight room deadlifting and squatting the shitload of weight. But um, obviously he had problems uh, keeping the ball, turnover problems last year. Um, I'm not sure how much he'll be effective as far as passing, but he's obviously dangerous on the ground. Uh, I did see a quote from Nick Saban saying that uh, he anticipated Jalen Milrow playing well enough that their other quarterbacks could see time. So just from that, it uh, sounds like he's not intending to start off with any sort of dual quarterback scheme or anything like that, that he wants to let Jalen Milrow run at the score and then let the other guys come in, I guess, and uh, get playing time to see them. But as far as uh, Peyton Thorne goes, uh, I don't really know a lot about him. I obviously don't sit around and watch Michigan State football a lot. But to me, I think she can take uh, Michigan State to, uh, what, 11-2, and 11-3 and three record, uh, like he did when he was a true freshman, maybe a sophomore. Um, I think that's impressive. I mean, the Big Ten is a, a decent conference, and Michigan State is obviously working with a lack of talent in comparison to – Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State. So um, I think that's a, a positive note moving forward, but who knows how that will translate into the SEC. Um, I think Auburn has a lot of transfers themselves and uh, probably be a lot of kinks to work out in their offense. But, um, you know, I, I don't. I think any sort of quarterback who can throw the ball and isn't only a threat on the ground like Robbie Ashford was last year is a step forward. And I think Hugh Freeze is – obviously well-known for developing quarterbacks. So I think that's also a positive note. So we'll, we'll see where they go. I think we'll find out fairly quickly for Auburn. Um, I think we have Georgia in week three or four. So obviously Texas and Alabama is week two. So you'll find out real quick what Jalen Morrow has there. Hmm. All right. Uh Wiser, what's your what's your thoughts on Alabama this year? Upside for Jalen Milrow. I mean, the upside is there for him. He is an incredible athlete. Um, we saw that in the Arkansas game. Um, 
But I just don't really know what to expect from that quarterback room. I just have a feeling that it might just be up in the air all year long um, with what's going on. So, I I mean, I don't know if we'll see Ty Simpson and Tyler Buckner. Um, but TBD in the Texas game, I mean, we might see – we might see – I mean, I definitely this week we'll see a couple quarterbacks for sure. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe Nick Saban has a big chess move there, you know, where he's like just starting Jalen Milrow and then we'll get Ty Simpson going um, in that game. But who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been weird uh, through fall camp just here and like – there's just hasn't been a quarterback in the Alabama room uh, pulling away. I mean, you heard it was going to be Jalen Miller and Ty Simpson, but uh, n- nobody's really separated themselves uh, in that uh, QB position. I I don't know, man. Like I I like Milrow. I really think he's a huge threat. Honestly, I think he's a better running runner than uh, Jalen Hurts was, but he's kind of got the same issues as Jalen Hurts uh, when he was a freshman. Uh, kind of trouble taking care of the ball, accuracy issues. I uh, I, I think Jalen Milrow is going to be who they roll with this year. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to struggle on the road with him. Um, honestly, I mean, the game at Texas A&M kind of worries me as an Alabama fan. Uh, but I do think if they can utilize him and utilize the RPOs, um, I don't think Alabama's going to have a tough time running the ball this year. And I think they'll kind of lean on that, bringing in Tommy Reese and then how hyped up this offensive line is. Uh, you know, the talks out of camp, or people are saying this is the best offensive line Alabama's had since like 2012. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the running game, but yeah, Jalen Milrow kind of kind of worries me. Is if he can take care of the ball, I think Alabama is going to be fine this year. But obviously, we saw last year he had problems with that. But if he can kind of fine tune that area, um, I think they'll be fine. Well, I mean that's what that's what all Alabama fans are going to be worried. Like we will not forget the way he played against A&M last year. And until we see him prove otherwise, every Alabama fan in the world is going to have doubts. But my mindset is just, like, give him a chance first. Like, let's see what happens. He's had a whole year to develop. Uh, Peyton Thorne's not surprising. You know, Hugh Freeze, he likes to do – he likes to mix it up. He likes to throw the ball. He likes to do a lot of different things. He'll probably use Ashford, but that one's really wasn't surprising to me. I just uh, – Wanted to hear what uh you guys thought about that. But uh before we move on, I wanted to get in. I wanted to see y'all's predictions on uh South Carolina, North Carolina, and LSU, Florida State. Who y'all have winning those games? I'll go on in North Carolina, South Carolina. This is um very interesting matchup just because it's hard not to look at an over here with these offenses, but it, it more it has more to do with the defenses. Um I mean, we know what Drake May is, you know, one of the Heisman front runners, really more of a projected, you know, NFL caliber type player. Um, see how he kind of bounced. He had like a rough stretch at the end of the year last year. He, not saying that he's Patrick Mahomes, but he kind of got the Patrick Mahomes treatment where people just weren't 
you know, letting him throw deep, kind of drop an eight, and he really struggled being patient. Um, but this is just so – I mean, these defenses are just fucking terrible. I mean, they were awful last year. Both of them were. Um, and the thing is, like, North Carolina returns all those guys. South Carolina returns all of them or doesn't return any of them. Um, so it's kind of different, but is that a good thing for South Carolina, right? Like if you're, if you're fucking awful, you don't return any of that. It, it can't be worse. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to pinpoint, especially Spencer Rattler. I mean, that guy is a roller coaster of a quarterback. He could go out there and throw three interceptions or, you know, look like the Heisman candidate everyone thought he was going to be when he started Oklahoma. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And the, the only other thing about that game is South Carolina, they're, they're, they have a decent secondary. I mean, they, they were good at stopping the pass last year, but just one of the worst, if not the worst, stopping the run. But North Carolina isn't the team to take advantage of that. They can't really run the ball there. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I, I took North Carolina in that game. I just think that they're the better team overall, but it is hard to predict what's going to go on with um, – you know, with South Carolina, because they kind of are, you know, you just don't know what they're going to get with them, especially from their offense. Um, that wasn't overly efficient last year. They had a lot of they just relied on big plays, Spencer Radler. So if you can just limit that, then you'll have success. But LSU, Florida State, um, man, that's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to that. It's I think this one, like week one, you'll have someone knocked out of you know, college football contention, especially with LSU schedule, going to the SEC West. And then, I mean, we've never seen a two-loss team get in. And if Florida State loses the game, they'll have one loss. So they could run the table. But if you run the table, you have to beat Clemson twice. And I just don't think that you can do that. I mean, you'd have to beat them in the regular season and in the conference championship game. So I don't think the ACC has divisions this year. So they would meet up again. Um, but I lean Florida State in that one. I just think that they improved a lot over last year. And LSU, I mean, it just all depends on Jaden Daniels. They say he put on a lot of weight. That, you know, he's going to he's gonna be better. He could take that lead. He could be that Heisman frontrunner that, you know, he's getting a lot of hype for this year. Um, and I just don't really believe in LSU's defense outside of Harold Perkins, who is an absolute stud at getting to the quarterback. But we'll see there. I mean, it's going to be a fascinating game. And FSU has some dudes on defense, too. So I'm definitely interested and can't wait to see what happens in that game. Hopefully it doesn't come down to a missed extra point like it did last year. That was just wild. Peyton? Yeah, I mean, much of the same of what Wazer just said. Um, I mean, I I do expect to see a lot of points in the North Carolina-South Carolina game. Um, The spread right now is uh, North Carolina minus two and a half, I believe. And, I mean – that's a that's a weird line for me. I think that is almost like Vegas baiting me into taking North Carolina. Those all just win by a field goal, no big deal. Um, you've got South Carolina at home. It's going to be a wild environment to start the year. You know, they're all riding the high of last year. They beat Tennessee and Clemson down the stretch. Um, everybody will be expecting big things, maybe not national championship big things, but – I think they'll be expecting some some big wins again like they did last year. Um, But, you know, honestly, I I do think that North Carolina is really just a better team. Um, I mean, if you just 
simplify it to the bottom of it. Drake May is a better quarterback than Spencer Rattler. So, you know, that for me is what's going to be the tiebreaker. And I do think that North Carolina will win that game, but I probably won't be betting on it as far as uh, the spread goes because I, I do think that's just, um, I don't know, that again feels like a line where Vegas is telling me, yeah, just take this. They're going to win by a field goal. No big deal. And next thing you know, they somehow win by two points. <laughs> um but uh, LSU and Florida State, um, you know, last time we talked, I said that Florida State was uh, one of my picks to get into the playoffs. So I'm going to stick with that and say uh, Florida State at home gets the win over LSU. Um, you know, I, I like Jordan Travis a lot, Johnny Wilson. Um, Keon Coleman, they added from Michigan State, was one of the biggest receivers in the portal this year. Um, I just – I think that um, – Florida State has has added, like Wiser said, and gotten better, and LSU almost feels much of the same. Um, I do like Jaden Daniels, but, um, you know, last year I I think they maybe won a couple games that maybe they shouldn't have, and I just think uh, that's bound to regress this year, and I'm not sure that they're going to be the playoff contender that people think they are down the stretch with as difficult of a schedule they have. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Florida State in that one as well, so. Yeah, I I think that uh, talking about North Carolina, South Carolina, I think that is going to come down to the battle of the turnovers. And, uh, you know, honestly, Spencer Rattler is more prone to turn over the ball, in my opinion, than Drake May. Drake May is going to make the smarter decisions in this game. Um, And I think that is ultimately was going to win North Carolina this ball game. I'm very interested to watch that game. I do have North Carolina winning and covering. Uh, And then Florida and LSU, I feel like that's going to be a battle in the trenches. Uh, One thing to look out for is uh, Mason Smith, the preseason All-American defense tackle for LSU, is out for this game. And I think that is going to play a big role. Um, Honestly, I think that... Florida State's going to have a good game plan coming into this game. And I uh, I think they're going to be scoring at will. Um, so I do like Florida State in this game. Jaden Daniels has a lot of hype coming in, as we've all uh, touched on. But I'm, I'm just not a big believer in him uh, quite yet. Uh, but... Uh, I, I do like Florida State to to win this game, and I do think it will be close, and it will be a very very good game. Um, but ultimately, I think that Florida State's going to pull this one out. Yeah, I feel like with I feel like with both of these games, I can make arguments for both teams. Like, I mean, the lines are so close. We have our preseason expectations. Um, there's really not a huge gap between either team as far as we know right now. But I think we talked I think I said something about it last week. There's probably not two teams that have been talked about more from the SEC this offseason than LSU and South Carolina and the expectations for those teams. And I've already had some hot takes about South Carolina. And and I you know, I'm not I'm not trying to backtrack on it, but just with it just always seems like the teams that everyone has these high expectations for, like we, we will acknowledge the ceiling, but we will not acknowledge the floor. And I feel like that's the case with South Carolina and LSU both this offseason. 
So uh, I'm kind of leaning. I'm kind of leaning now to pick North Carolina and Florida State both to win those games. But I feel like realistically, the SEC and ACC. I, I feel like we're going to end up having a split. Um going one and one, but I'm going to pick North Carolina and Florida State to win both of those games. We're all in a consen- it's a consensus here. That's never a good sign. Nope. But we'll see. Go ahead, and, um, go ahead and book it. That's a South Carolina and LSU win this weekend. <laughs> yeah. SEC. Also, I like Clemson minus 13 against Duke. If anybody's entertaining that line, maybe I'm I just forgot about that game. Duke. It's on a Monday night. That one's that one's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, that one's gonna that one's gonna be interesting. Well, y'all uh, y'all want to close it out with the uh, playoff prediction draft? Let's do it. Ready to close it out? Who's right. who's how are we who's going first? I ran are we going snake. Oh, yeah, we'll go. We'll go snake. Here. We'll go snake, and I randomized the order, so it's gonna go Peyton first, Tank second, me third, Wiser fourth, and then back okay. to the top. They're just oh, all four teams each. You documented them. Yeah, I, I'll write them down for us. All right, starting with Peyton. On the clock, well, Peyton. Well, this is an easy start. Um, Georgia. <laughs> um, Georgia has a cupcake schedule for the most part. And um, I just, uh, I don't see any reason why they can't win 11 games and get back into the playoffs. Valid. But you take, I'll take uh, Alabama. Um, even the problems at quarterback, I, I, with one loss, I still feel like Alabama gets into the, into the 14 playoff this year. And, um, uh, they still have a lot of talent on that roster, and they're going to be coming in with a chip on their shoulder. So I feel pretty confident that Alabama's going to make it this year. Wow, Alabama's second overall. That's a yeah. that's a reach, I think. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna take Ohio State. I felt like they I think they were a better football team than Michigan last year. Um, yeah, didn't really didn't really execute, but they gave Georgia everything they had. I don't think Ohio State comes out of that conference this year. All right. I got back-to-back picks here. Um, Let's see. I think I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Texas. Um, One of the reasons is I think this team just has a lot of upside, and I just don't think that anyone in the Big 12 is going to challenge them, so they're going to win that conference. Um, it's just a matter of if they slip up along the way and have two losses. That that's saying if they even lose to Alabama, we don't know. That's gonna I think the game's gonna be a toss up. Um but this team is just so talented. Um yeah, they might Texas along the way, but we'll see. They definitely have the path for it. Um and then next hmm, let's see. I guess I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Clemson. Um you know, just the the blue blood of the ACC there. I think that they can get out of that conference um, at the minimum of one loss. Just get into the playoffs and um, see what happens. I'm just trying to, you know, the upside with this team is, I mean, Kate Klubnik could, could be that dude. Um, I don't think he's going to be as bad as DJ. And I think they were 
you know, I would think they were a few swings away from even being there with him. So just trying to take teams that, you know, I could see winning their conference and just getting there. If you just get there, hey, anything can happen. Clemson, Clemson also brought in Garrett Riley, so that's no small feat in addition to their offensive game. Absolutely. I was definitely going to take Clemson if you didn't. Um, and I feel like Clemson is in a similar situation as Alabama where it's like a couple down years and everyone wants to stop talking about them. And I feel like Clemson, Clemson might surprise some people this year. This, I'm definitely going to play it safe here. And I'm just going to go ahead and get Michigan. I'll just take the Big Ten powerhouses. Um, don't think Michigan makes the playoff this year. But I feel like Michigan or Ohio State, if Ohio State doesn't, Michigan will. But I am I feel good about Ohio State, but I'm going to play it safe in the draft. I like that. Stole my pick. Uh, I guess I'm going to go Florida State here. Um, Damn, and, I thought I'd get them. Yeah, and uh, – I feel good about their chances making the playoffs. Obviously, Clemson is really the only hurdle besides LSU first game of the year uh, to get over. But if they can win that first game, I do believe they have a great chance of making the college football playoffs. Well, circling back to me, I think I'm just going to ride the hype of Caleb Williams. Uh, Give me USC. Um they uh, have historically not been able to get over the hump, and I think uh, why not this year? Can't yeah, believe you are, back-to-back Heisman. You are consistent, Peyton. You did come in here and say USC was was finally getting over the hump this year. Now you got oh, in the draft too. I, I did. I forgot I said that, but yeah, no, I'm I'm sticking with it. Um, and I guess my next pick, uh, give me Penn State. Give me, give me Drew Allers to, to carry them to the promised land. I wanted them, you dirty dog. Ohio State and Michigan both don't make it, and Penn State does. I'm gonna be very mad. I know. <laughs> Imagine I get three of the four. Gosh. All right, Tank. What you thinking? All right, making it tough on me over here, Peyton. Um, I uh. I guess I'll take – oh, gosh. I was going to say LSU because um, I honestly feel like that's the next best team. Um, Bari have Florida State and Alabama in there. Uh, give, me, give me Notre Dame. Uh, I feel like for some reason they, they might sneak in this year. Um, not a whole lot of competition. Uh, obviously this team's hyped up after week zero went over Navy and Sam Hartman looking like a Heisman contender. But, um, at this point, I, uh, I feel like they're the most viable, uh, contender. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good pick. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to take LSU just because they are the next best team. And I think what I have written down after this is, K-State, Washington, A&M, and Oregon. And I just um, – I don't think any of those teams are better than LSU. LSU's got a little bit tougher schedule. But, uh, I don't know, they might can get out of this with the – they can get out with one loss, then, then they have a good shot. It's just going to be tough to do so.
Thank you, Wazer. I just had her. I just noticed my laptop was on one percent. So I just, I wish you guys could have seen him scurry back to my charger. Um, so I got back to back picks here. This is when things get really dicey. I'm just looking at the odds here. First, I'm going to go with Washington. Hopefully, Michael Penix and that explosive offense with the the receiver room he has. I mean, it just all is lining up for for that. I mean, you know, he would have to catch lightning in a bottle, obviously. He's a great quarterback, has experience, has the wide receiver room. Um, and they just have an average defense. But if they can just improve on that and be like the 20th, 30th defense, um, I mean, we, we've talked about USC. I think that Pac-12 is wide open. Um, soon to be no more Pac-12. And then the next one, this is when things get really, really dicey here. Um, <laughs> should I go a homer pick here? I'll go with the, the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, it's either them or Oregon. So it, this is just, you know, it's 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 going to be boom or bust with Joe Milton. I most likely think it's going to be bust, but that dude has all the talent in the world. And if it clicks... Watch out. I don't really know what their defense is going to be, but he's going to have to carry them to a college football playoff if it's going to happen. Beat Alabama and Georgia along the way. One of them twice, most likely. So, yep, things get dicey here, but I'll take the homer pick. Mm, yuck. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think, I just feel like Tennessee has one of those, like, last year was different with the receivers and the quarterback play. It's like you knew what you were getting each week. This week, I feel like it's going to – they're going to have some teams that they're not supposed to beat that they just come and blow out. And then I feel like they're going to have teams where it's like you get a few stop, few important stops and and the game just changes. I, 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 I feel like Tennessee's going to have a down year compared uh, yeah, to last I mean, year. Compared to last they year. Lost I think the, offense. I, I think they're gonna still going to be tough because of how good that offense is and how fast they play. It's going to be tough. But – I, mean, I don't think they're going to do what they did last year. Yeah, I agree. They lost so many good receivers, and Hooker was great. And yet, on top of that, those guys, the weapons, you lost the 10th overall pick in the draft, one of the best left tackles in the nation. A lot of people didn't know who he was, but ask Will Anderson who he was. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I already hate my four, so I'm just going to go ahead and make it even worse, picking someone who I know is not going to make it. So I'll just take Kansas State. Big 12, Big 12. Wow. I mean, they get past Texas, who knows? I can't take Texas A&M because I'm not sold on them yet. And then Oregon, I just I don't support the Pac-12 in any way. So I'll nope. take Kansas State. Hmm. Tough. Uh, well, let's see here. Um, I think I'm going to stick with my, my uh, bold prediction. Uh, that I told you guys earlier, and I think it's going to be Utah. I think I'm going to go with Utah um, since USC, Washington. You just picked Oregon, right? Oh, God, we're getting Oregon. down to the nitty-gritty. Um, Oregon's on the board. Oh, they're still on the board? Uh, Oregon is still on the board. Uh, I, I still like Utah. I like Utah to uh, three-peat. God, that's going to be hard to do. But, uh, yeah, if Cam Rising can get back and to be playing, uh, 
for that team. That's going to be huge for them. I think they can upset some people. Um, that's probably the best pick on the board for me. Um, good luck, Peyton. Well, I don't need luck. Y'all left me with a really easy pick. Uh, you left me with a team that has 10 wins minimum on their schedule. Just got to have a couple things. Wisconsin. Wisconsin's baby. Luke Fickle has oh, won 10 games the first year. I mean, I, it's, it's too easy. I don't. Y'all left me with just an easy choice. If Wisconsin, if we have a situation like last year was where Wisconsin and Penn State make the playoff over Ohio State and Michigan, I'm never going back on this podcast. Y'all <laughs> never happens. hear from me again. Yeah. I mean, um, I I know that this is y'all think it's a joke, but I'm so serious right now. I'm looking at their schedule, and I just don't. Just you just got to be an average team, and you're going to win nine or ten games. So just have a couple yeah. things bounce your way is all you need. Yeah, never know, man. You never know. So that leaves Peyton with Georgia, USC, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Tankster's got Bama, Florida State, Notre Dame, Utah. I've got Ohio State, Michigan, LSU, and Kansas State. Wiser's got Texas, Clemson, and Washington, and Tennessee. I definitely came in last place in this draft. Fellas, I can tell you all right now. Yeah, I'm kind of surpri- surprised nobody picked Penn State. I mean, we were talking about them. Peyton, uh, no, I did. Peyton got him third Peyton round. Got, oh, Peyton got did. the sleeper. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, third. I, okay. I, 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 do, I do think the, I think that Tank really has uh, low key the, the best just because Notre Dame only has what uh, Ohio State. That's their only tough schedule, a tough game on the schedule. They play Ohio State, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and they can lose that game and still get in. Uh, I mean, they've they've got a, a decent chance just being how weak their schedule is, and Sam Hartman at quarterback. Uh, I take that back. I, I hate. I don't like your pick anywhere near as much anymore. They have Ohio State, USC, and at Clemson. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be tough. Uh, if they can, if they can just be either Ohio State or USC and finish with one loss. God, that's going to be tough. I, I feel like they can beat Clemson potentially, but, yeah, Ohio State and USC, that's going to be a tough game. That, that is at Clemson, though, so that's that's going to be tough. But I uh, I don't know. I, I think that y'all really let me get away with the steal there, getting Wisconsin last overall. Yeah, well, we're going to document this, and we'll come back and revisit it after uh, Georgia beats Wisconsin by 40 in the national championship next year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, Can't wait. We'll, well guess what? That. I just need them to make the playoffs. I, I hope they get clapped <laughs> yeah. when they get there. All right. Y'all got anything else before Sounds we call good. it a night? It's all gentlemen. It was great. Excited to see how these futures play so out. Excited. I am so excited about week one. <laughs> Me too. Happy, all right, fellas. Happy I enjoyed football it. season. I enjoyed it too, gentlemen. Tell, uh, Y'all too. Tell Megan to have a good night too. I sure will. (laughs) Yeah, she's full of energy. (laughs) See you guys. All right, fellas. There we go. Good rap. Whoa, whoa, wait. Wait, you didn't even rap. Was that your rap? I thought you had a.